Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. From The Recount, I'm Rena Ninen, and you're listening to The Recount Daily Pod. Today is Tuesday. October 26th. Right now we're like, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? It's actually designed not to work. And what's the natural then next step? Change the design. That was Andrew Yang talking about his views on the American political system. We'll get into that and his announcement of the forward party a little later on. But first, your morning headlines. A major change is coming for international air travel to the U.S., the Biden administration will now allow vaccinated foreigners to enter. That means citizens from dozens of countries, including most of the European Union, the United Kingdom, China, and India, will now be allowed to enter. The ban had been in place since early 2020, but new requirements will go into effect November 8th. U.S. citizens and vaccinated foreigners will have to show proof of vaccination that's approved by both the FDA and WHO. They will also have to show a negative COVID test taken no more than three days before boarding. Unvaccinated Americans will face stricter rules. They will need to take a test one day before departure and test again upon arrival. New York City's police union is suing the city over the vaccine mandate. The mandate requires all city workers to get vaccinated. If they refuse, they will be placed on either unpaid leave or possibly get fired. In a statement, the Police Benevolent Association said that the mandate would, quote, impose irreparable harm on police officers. The group also plans to file a temporary injunction against the city, though earlier this month, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who oversees the Second Circuit, declined a similar request from teachers resisting the mandate. Currently, 70 percent of New York City police officers are vaccinated. Democrats are said to be nearing a deal on a massive spending plan. Senator Bernie Sanders has pushed to expand Medicare to now cover dental, hearing and vision. But on Monday, West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin shut that proposal down because he says it's too expensive. The Democrats need every one of their senators on board to pass the plan. President Biden told reporters he hoped to seal the deal before this weekend. Unclear if that will happen. Now, if all that sounds like gridlock to you, my guest, Andrew Yang, agrees. He'll join me in a moment to talk about what it would take to change the way decisions get made in Washington. 
And now to our interview. Andrew Yang has risen to the national political stage in the past few years. He drew attention to the concept of universal basic income as a Democratic candidate in the 2020 presidential election and earlier this year as a candidate for mayor of New York City. Since then, he's announced he's leaving the Democratic Party to start a new one, the Forward Party. What does he hope to accomplish and which voters does he want to attract? Here to answer those very questions and more is the man himself, Andrew Yang. Hey, Andrew, welcome. Hi, Rena. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Great to have you on. So you made this decision to leave the Democratic Party and start forward. You know, the U.S. is really a two-party system. It's been hard for a third party to have traction. Why do you think yours would be any different? When I was digging into the problems that are plaguing us and getting worse, unfortunately, Rena, one of the key drivers of the fact that we feel so stuck and we feel like we can't move forward, no pun intended, is really the polarization in our country where 42% of Democrats and Republicans regard the other side as evil or uh, their mortal enemies. And unfortunately, that atmosphere is getting worse, not better, driven by media incentives, political incentives, and social media. Maybe it's not new to other people, but I, I was struggling after my presidential campaign to figure out how you could genuinely solve some of these big problems. And I realized that we weren't going to be able to solve them with this duopoly dynamic. That, by the way, is something of a, a nightmare of the founders come to life. We're living through, in many ways, the biggest design flaw in history. It threatens to tear us apart, to destroy us, to turn us against each other. So what we have to do is change that design. And I'm thrilled to say that there's a straightforward way for us to do it, not even at the congressional level, but state by state, which is to switch to open primaries and ranked choice voting. That would give rise to a more vibrant, dynamic, multipolar democracy. Very high bar, I know. But it turns out that 62% of Americans now want an alternative to the two major parties, in part because they sense that this dynamic is not working and it's going to get worse, not better. What do you think the forward party can do that the Democratic Party cannot in this moment? You know, one of the things that I, I learned running for office, Rina, is that at this point in American life, politics is almost entirely tribal where you imagine that we're arguing over policy prescriptions. But the fact is, if you dig in, you find that there's a low correlation between someone's self-identified conservatism or progressivism and their policy standpoints. It turns out if you sit down Americans of any background, the vast majority of us think drug prices are too high. The vast majority of us want to see better educational outcomes for our kids. So this is really a symptom of the duopoly where there's like an us or them dynamic. Uh, and it turns out we agree on much more if you actually just abandon coded language. If you go to a Republican in a red state and you say, I'm a Democrat and I've had this experience, then a lot of them just shut down immediately. Um, and that's something that we can avoid really just by having new tribes, new political languages, new appeals to try and break the logjam. So when you ask what the forward party can provide, at a minimum, the forward party is a new political tribe that's not coded negatively uh, for hopefully the vast majority of Americans, because most of the people haven't heard of us yet. Will the forward party be running any candidates at any level in the coming years? The format is that we're probably going to be supporting Democrats and Republicans uh, in various primaries because... No, that, that's just the practical reality for many people until we manage to make this change. We'll be supporting some independents. I think there'll be some people that run under forward party, but we're a very practical, inclusive, popular movement. You can join as a, a registered Democrat or Republican, no need to change your registration. 
it's a movement of people that just want to make the system make sense. What kind of Democrat and what kind of Republican candidate would the party support? We're going to support candidates who stand up for the principles uh, that we stand for, which is open primaries and ranked choice voting. You can be for that as someone who's part of a major party, fact-based governance, universal basic income, grace and tolerance. Uh, one other thing we are for is 18-year term limits for members of Congress. We think that our nation's leadership should be trying to rejuvenate itself a little bit more often. And 74% of Americans are for this. So if various leaders say, look, even as I'm running for Congress, I'm for people spending you know, a certain number of years in DC and then coming home, uh, that would be a very powerful signal of leadership. And that's something that we'll be looking for our candidates to support. Are there any policy deal breakers that a candidate might hold that you wouldn't support? Well, if, if they stand for these principles of better governance, uh, that's what we're going to be focused on. Because right now there are certain issues that divide Americans uh, in certain environments. But that's not really the core of our structural problem right now. Uh, we can disagree on a social issue and then agree on the fact that this system is not working and we need to change it. I want to ask you about your new book. It's called Forward Notes on the Future of Democracy. In the first sentence, you write, why isn't it working? What do you believe specifically is broken in the American political system that needs to be changed? The incentives are wrong. Uh, and the big learning I took from my digging into these issues is that a system that's designed to fail will fail. <laughs> and, and our system is designed to fail. That's really the the big mental switch we have to make, which is right now we're like, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? It's actually designed not to work. And what's the natural then next step? Change the design. And I do want to go back to first principles. There's not a word about political parties in the Constitution. Our founders were anti-partisan. John Adams said what he feared was two great parties that would be the worst case scenario for our country, which by the way, is exactly what we're living right now. A Republican senator said to me the other day that they are more rewarded for having an issue alive than trying to reach across the aisle to resolve it. Because if they do reach across the aisle to try and resolve it, they'll probably actually pay a price at the polls and in their own party. Whereas if they say, hey, look, it's the other side's fault, give us more money, give us more energy, give us more votes. Our members of Congress are not rewarded for delivering for 51% of their constituents. They're rewarded for placating and pleasing the 10 to 20% most extreme partisans on either side. If you change that to open primaries and ranked choice voting, all of a sudden, pleasing the 10 to 20% shifts to trying to get 51% of people to like them. And that's a very, very different legislator. They'll be more reasonable overnight. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Andrew Yang on the Recount Daily Pod. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. All right, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to The Recount Daily Pod, a podcast from The Recount. I'm joined by Andrew Yang. You got a lot of attention when you ran about your concept of universal basic income. And in some ways, people got a taste of this when the stimulus checks came out during the pandemic. Do you think it's clear that at some point in time, I don't know, 20, 40 years, do you really see universal basic income being part of budget reform? We're already living a version of universal basic income right now in the form of this child tax credit, which I love. And 448 economists signed a letter saying we should keep it forever. It's lifted millions of families out of poverty. It's improved people's health, mental health, kids' ability to learn. And that's right now. That's real. I mean, this is happening for 69 million kids and families around the country. So what I was arguing for on the presidential trail now is supported by two-thirds of Americans. This is 100% going to continue to be the main policy prescription, and rightfully so. And I'm so grateful to everyone who supported my campaign to give us a chance to make this case because the country needed it. I want to ask you about this moment in time right now in our country as we're trying to merge out of COVID. We've seen labor shortages. How do you think universal basic income makes sense at a time when there are actually more jobs then there are workers. One of the issues I have with our current uh, relief measures, Rena, is that a lot of the unemployment relief is tied to not having a job or not working. And I'm friends with young people who are on some of these programs and they say, look, I'm, I'm going to ride this out until like my, my relief is over and then I'll go back to work. And it's totally sensible for them to do so. If they were getting some measure of cash and they got to keep it, and then if they went to work, they would get that too. I think you would see them making different choices. Just right now, we're attaching negative incentives to at least a significant proportion of the cash that's going out to people. We're going to pause, take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Andrew Yang on the Recount Daily Pod. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. <laughs> That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yimby's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 106.7 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. Welcome back to The Recount Daily Pod, a podcast from The Recount. I'm joined by Andrew Yang. I want to ask you a little bit... um, about your future. Is Andrew Yang going to run for president in 2024? Right now, I'm laser focused on trying to fix things as much as we can in 2022. That's where all of our attention should be um, because we don't have that much time. 
So that's a yes for 2024? <laughs> that's very much not. That, that's literally I have not thought about anything beyond November 22 and trying to get as much done as we can. Right now, I'm focused on making this case to the American people. You know that feeling you have that things aren't working? They're not working. And it's not going to get any better unless we actually change the dynamics of the system. Just like I spent years mainstreaming universal basic income to the American people, now I will be mainstreaming open primaries and ranked choice voting as the way to unlock our leaders from these perverse incentives that are making them crazy, making us crazy, and making us feel like the country is going to head into, unfortunately, uh, political violence uh, instead of solving problems. So that's my mission right now, Rena. I'm super excited about it. 62% of Americans want an alternative to the duopoly. Think about that for a second. Imagine if you were an entrepreneur and you showed up on a scene, there were two companies and 62% of people want an alternative. Wouldn't you want to start a third company like that? And we should not have three parties in the United States. The UK has five. Germany has seven. Sweden has eight. Netherlands has 18. I don't even have enough fingers for that. Those are resilient, sustainable systems. Right now, we have a system that's uniquely vulnerable to authoritarianism because if you have one major party succumb to terrible leadership, everyone then falls in line. You would never design a system this way. It is uniquely stupid. But and Andrew, we have to you, try and change it as quickly as possible. You mentioned these European countries with multiple parties. They're also parliamentary systems. For the majority of US history, it has been a two-party system with third parties not being able to hold sustainable traction for years, right? How, how do you fix that all of a sudden after the majority of US history? It has really been a two-party system. The problem, again, is in the mechanics. And you're 100% right, Rena, where it's very difficult for a third party to uh, gain any traction because you can't even beyond a ballot in some cases, you have to subscribe to one of the major parties even to vote in what is essentially going to be the deciding primary uh, before the, a general election. That's a formality in most locations. So it's the mechanics that we have to examine and change. Right now, 83% of districts around the country are uh, safe seats on one side or another. The vast majority of Americans are disenfranchised right now. 10% of Americans are effectively deciding 83% of our races. Uh, and it's not working out at all. It requires us to getting back to first principles. But you're right. You have to change the mechanics for any new party to emerge. What do you think of the electoral college system? The electoral college system disproportionately rewards and represents rural areas now. Uh, Wyoming has the same number of senators as California, despite having 168th the population. But the thing I want to emphasize is that the Electoral College will not change because it requires a constitutional amendment to change it, which would mean that Montana and Wyoming and a bunch of other states would need to agree to shoot themselves in the foot. They're not going to do it. So this is the system. Uh, and we have to work with the system that we, we have and we've had for decades. To me, as a practical person, I try and focus on the things that we have a chance at changing. And the shift to open primaries and ranked choice voting I'm describing has already happened in one state, Alaska, in 2020. It can happen in 24 other states if enough of us get together. What does this mean, you think, for 2022, 2024? Polls show that Democrats could be in serious trouble. Biden's majority really doesn't seem like it'll hold. You call for open primaries and ranked choice voting. How do you think those two options could help with elections? We've already seen legislators change their behavior based upon open primaries and ranked choice voting in Alaska. Senator Lisa Murkowski is one of the only Republican senators who voted to impeach Trump 
in part because she's not subject, again, to the 10 to 20 percent most extreme voters in her state anymore. She can take her case to the entire state. So if we were to make that change and let's call it five other states in 2022, imagine 10 senators who could vote their conscience, vote their principle. That might be the difference between democracy surviving 2024 and becoming stronger or disintegrating entirely, not to be overly dramatic, but that, that is on the table. Because, Rena, what you just said is right. Like Markets have right now about a three quarters or 75% chance of Republicans retaking the House in 2022. That's going to make any real legislative victories essentially impossible for the Democrats through 2024. And then who would you favor in a rematch between Biden and Trump, which is the most likely scenario? Uh, it, and, and that's not what the country really wants. We're going to be looking up. And when you talk about the sense that things aren't working, people are going to be like, wait, we're running this back. I thought this was a one time thing. I wasn't that pumped about it the first time. <laughs> and, and, and now we, you know, we'll be seeing it again. And it'll, it'll be like this emblem of just how sclerotic uh, and stuck our institutions are. Do you worry that you could be working against the Democratic Party and potentially allowing Republicans to take over Congress? Well, the, the first thing is we need to try and implement ranked choice voting, which, by the way, eliminates this concern, this entire spoiler effect. You could vote for Ford Party number one, Democrat two, and, you know, no worry about wasting your vote, no more spoiler effect. So I'm going to suggest that we should just make that change and it would help eliminate this concern. Um, but I, I do think that there's something of a misconception where people think that uh, if you have a new party emerge, it's all going to come from one side or the other. The fact is the appetite for a third party is actually higher among Republicans and independents than it is among Democrats. Uh, and even when I was running for president as a Democrat, nearly half of my support uh, didn't identify as Democratic. <laughs> so uh, if you were an independent, which I am now, like, I think it requires a lot of assumptions to say like, oh, you know, you're just going to take from one party or the other. Andrew Yang, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Rena. Thank you, Recount. Love the format. You guys are the future. And now let's look ahead at what's happening today. President Joe Biden will take part in a virtual edition of the annual ASEAN Summit. This year, the 10-country bloc of Southeast Asian nations will focus on vaccine distribution, climate change, and infrastructure. An official with the National Security Council said the White House also wanted to address, quote, common challenges on maritime issues. That's a clear reference to containing China. The country will also be in attendance. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal will lead a hearing this morning titled Protecting Kids Online, Snapchat, TikTok, and YouTube. Lawmakers on the Senate Subcommittee on Consumer Protection, Product Safety, and Data Security will question top brass from all three companies. That's right, no Facebook this time. The topics will focus on how the law could better protect children. It's game time. Tonight in Houston, it's game one of the World Series between the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. The game will be massive for Astros manager Dusty Baker, who has now taken five different teams to the playoffs, but has yet to win the big prize. The 72-year-old manager got his start as a player in 1968 at the age of 19, taking the outfield four the Atlanta Braves. Good luck to both teams. I'll see you back tomorrow. This is the Recount Daily Pod, a podcast from the Recount. Our thanks to Andrew Yang for being on the show. And if you like this episode, I hope you'll subscribe to the Recount Daily Pod and do leave us a rating on the Apple Podcast app. I'm your host, Rena Nyden.
Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.